0: Hi guys, Jordan from Big Shiny Podcast here. So listen, every week that Chris and I release a new episode, we record our intros and outros uh, to have them topical or just giving you updates, but somehow... because we're recording this online and using two different files, I lost my end of it. So this week's intro and outro will feel really weird, but I'm still going to use Chris's audio. So if there's a kind of weird black mirror singularity feeling to this, well, that's only fitting for this episode. Uh, This is Big Shiny Tunes 5, the year 2000, and definitely the beginning of a new era of
1: music, and especially song choices by Big Shiny Tunes. Chris, would you agree? Yeah, this one's got some real ups and downs. There's a few real highs on it. Uh, but i think it's it's the fewest highs so far um and it, we we were talking before recording jordan said uh he said it really well this is a this this album is a prototype for where big shiny tunes is headed
0: yeah towards a unfathomable gulf of misery and uh self-righteous anger which is why we've called this episode sad boy parade but occasionally it will get broken up by some fun pop punk ditties or annoying
1: uh, in the case of... Um, Trouble- Triple Charger. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's some... Um, it's the first time Nickelback makes an appearance out of Big Shiny Tunes. Um, Kid Rock pretends to be a cowboy. Uh, we've got... Uh, but not the song Cowboy. No. Curiously. Um, uh, but there's some highlights. Deftones are on here. That's great. There's someone named Jay Englishman. Yeah, Jay period Englishman, like J-Lo.
0: I guess Canada was trying to make their own. <laughs> <laughs> And once again, we have more Matt Good. So if you want to skip that song because of uh, his life and everything about him, go right
1: ahead. They cannot stop giving this guy songs on this compilation. It's almost like there were no other bands in Canada at the time. I don't think there were. But in America,
0: there certainly was. And they were very pro-America with a lot of the choices here, which makes sense given the uh, pre-9-11 vibes. Uh, We talk about Three Doors Down, Superman... Very fascinating. Um, just a quick note, I incorrectly said that Three Doors Down played the Trump inauguration as well as both George Bush inaugurations, when in fact they only played uh, one George Bush inauguration and the Trump
1: inauguration. Those drums, man. Love those drums. Um, yeah, we talk, we, talk, we talk a lot about Three Doors Down on this episode, actually. <laughs> yeah, we really do. But uh,
0: even though there's a lot of low points on this, we also have uh, Disturbed Stupify, which is probably hands down the funniest song big shiny tunes ever put out yeah
1: this was a really fun one to do so uh we hope you enjoy it uh please make sure to rate and review uh the podcast wherever you're listening to it it always helps us get more listeners our numbers have been going up with every episode which we really appreciate uh so uh uh, please keep doing that tell your friends about it if they grew up in this era uh uh, all your uh, all the messages we've been getting have been super positive so thank you very much uh you can follow us on big shiny tweets on twitter it's at big shiny tweets we wanted big shiny podcast but some asshole took it and has never tweeted out of that account so here we are yeah we've even tagged him directly uh but he still has yet to respond so we're coming for you guy i'm gonna get a teenager in a hoodie to hack his account uh, <laughs> um so yeah we're just uh, we're gonna jump in year 2000 big shiny tunes five enjoy
0: Chris and I were just talking about how it's a heat wave in London. He's wearing a I'm wearing a papa roach. Yeah. <laughs> a new a new a new metal shirt.
1: Um it's for it's for Grumpy's Bar, which is the best damn bar in the world in Montreal. So good. Go so check out Grumpy's. A real purveyor of the arts, and I'm
0: not actually saying that in a sarcastic way. Um Yeah, they genuinely put on great shows. Yeah. It's it's one of those places where the incubation of comedy and music happens in a city which is gets rare yeah. and rare these days as they close down in droves because of increasing rent and all that so yeah
1: yeah yeah no it's always been it's always been a great place to see a brand new comics and be like new but like interesting musicians you see like people really progress there and then and get good there it's it's exciting to watch it's a cool place plus the bartenders are just the coolest bunch of guys totally like they will give you shit if you're being an asshole.
0: And yeah. they will also um make you feel cool
1: getting drunk. Uh yeah, they they have they have always since I remember that since the first night I, I went to Grumpy's when I first moved to Montreal, um, Ram, who is like the head honcho, has made me feel at home. Yeah. The whole time. And that being said, he's been a real dick to me as well, and we've had to yell at each other but I love him like a brother. It's like... Well, he does play in a band
0: called The Upsetters, so it is kind of his prerogative to cap that a little bit as his... uh... The
1: Unsettlers. Oh, The Unsettlers.
0: Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of unsettling... um, Hey, uh, year 2000. Oh, no, I was just talking about 2020, (laughs) but I guess what has Bean will once
1: again become, as they say. Yeah, I think everyone says that. I hear that saying all the time.
0: This was the year 2000... We got Big Shiny Tunes 5, and I think they started this compilation with the spirit of we're a new century, we're a new millennium, we just want to bring everybody together with a new wave and new ways of thinking. We apologize for not having any women last time in our compilation, we'll make it up to you this time by having uh, a a compilation just filled with only women. Oh shit!
1: Oh fuck! Oh, no. Sorry, I wrote down the wrong gender. Uh, no, no. Yeah. Sorry, this this one's
0: only men too.
1: So before before we get into the album, though, let's just let's set the scene. Yes. Let's uh let's let's give some context to the year. So it's 2000. Mm-hmm. It's a new millennium, according to everyone except for the people that want to tell you that the millennium doesn't start till 2001. They're like, we know, but it's symbolic. Yeah. So this was the year that like it made me remember where I was. So it was Gladiator won best picture. Big deal. Yeah. Are you not entertained? And it was pre like Lord of the Rings fight scenes and things like that. So it was one of the first that I remember of like big, beautiful fight scenes. And also, Crutching Tiger Hidden Dragon came out that year. Oh, that's right. Which is like another like revolutionary fight scene movie. Crutching Tiger Hidden Dragon changed the game for fight scenes. It's like them and The Matrix,
0: Wh- which is kind of funny when you think about it. Because what was so revolutionary about that is like we can put, uh, we can hold people up by wires
1: and then erase them after to make it look like they're floating. <laughs> <laughs> it's like revolutionary. <laughs> That's it. It was like shoot it, shoot it artfully. It doesn't have to be two roided out dudes tearing each other's throats out next to a lake like <laughs> it yeah. can also be. It can also be this sort of graceful, um uh, vicious thing. So uh uh what else came out? Uh, the X-Men, the first movie came out, mm-hmm. arguably the beginning of the the superhero franchises, uh changed the face of started something brand new in cinema. Coyote Ugly. The most disappointing film I've ever seen. And um, Aaron, Aaron Brockovich came out this year, which was the first year, or it was the first movie that I almost ever walked out of. Why did you leave it? It, it wasn't even me. It was uh, my girlfriend at the time just hated it. And there was about 50 minutes left. And she leaned over and she's like, I just want to leave. And I was like, I'm going to... What do you hate about that? Like, okay,
0: so we're teenagers. It wasn't even about the message. It was just because it was message movies were boring.
1: Yeah, she just thought it was boring. Right, she yeah. just hated it. Right. And so, uh, yeah, it's not like she was like pro poisoning a town. She was... <laughs> yes first spit take of the podcast all right (laughs) um
0: so yeah a year of uh movies a year of uh napster too
1: yeah that's right it was the big the big napster was just before the big controversy happened back when we were just stealing things do you remember what you stole on napster oh
0: so much i mean i stole you could steal everything you could steal songs you could steal songs from tv shows like i remember downloading a lot of south park at that time even though i wasn't oh yeah even though i wasn't a huge fan um i just loved the idea of being able to listen to the song uncle fucka whenever i wanted (laughs) so funny what a funny song you know how you said (laughs) you memorized all of one week
1: yeah i memorized all of uncle fucka (laughs) me too buddy that yeah that that whole, you're a boner-biting bastard, uncle fucker? To me, my favorite line is, you you don't eat or sleep or, mow, mow, or, sleep the or mow the lawn. You just fuck your uncle all day long.
0: <laughs> I, there's something about those three examples, given That's so goddamn funny to me still. Eating, sleeping, mowing the lawn. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's
1: if you're a responsible adult.
0: I think that was a huge part of my life.
1: Like, that sounds right.
0: I, I did have to mow the lawn every week, uh, and I ate and slept. Yeah. yeah. So yeah,
1: that's it. Relatable. (laughs) And you never fucked your uncle. So it was like, it was like, Oh my God, who is this man? (laughs) (laughs) So do you got uh, anything else from this year Um, you want to highlight? So yeah, it's like just in terms of like big news stories, it was, do you remember Elian Gonzalez, that Cuban kid? where there was the whole thing over what do you deport the six year old? Yes, that happened this year. And the, the juxtaposition between the whole country being like polarized and furious over how you're gonna treat this one six year old kid versus now. Yeah. <laughs> like literal cages. It's like, man, what a what a sweet, wonderful time to be alive. They were really like they they felt furious about it. they were like, save this child. And now they're like, ah, fuck them kids.
0: Yeah. We're um, we're
1: we're throwing our love down the well. Yeah. And it's it is not coming back. There's no <laughs> lassie to warn us. Um, the bucket's been chopped off. That well is derelict. Um George W. Bush won the election, uh, the contentious election. It's rare that you can look at a moment in history and say, literally, if this had happened the other way, it would have completely changed everything. Uh, but that's, that is one of them. I want to know, I, w- I want to hear what was happening for you first. Okay. For me, it was, um, I, I had, uh, I got my first long-term girlfriend. Um, How long we talking? She was great. We dated for two and a half years. Pretty long. We effort. dated yeah. like, yeah, we did grade 10, 11, and 12. Yeah. And we only broke up halfway through grade 12 because I decided to travel. And she asked if I could come with, she could come with me. And I told her no. So, uh, so we broke up on that. But like, we still got along. She's really, she's awesome. Amazing. Her name's Emily. Um, I saw her, I think I saw her last time I was in Vancouver. Yeah, she's just great. Um, And was instrumental in the life that I ended up leading. Because if it wasn't for her, I would have stayed in White Rock and worked in marketing. Hmm. For the rest of my life she was the one that put like instilled yeah. a love of travel and uh, uh adventure in me so so yeah i mean i owe i owe a lot to this woman uh but yeah i was dating her but to me the 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 memory that sums it up for me is i was just i was having a lot of fun i was just very mischievous i was being very silly a lot of the time i didn't take much very seriously and so i remember i had journalism class and this this other guy steve who was in my class we we decided that this felt like an easy grade to get, and so what we did is we agreed that we would see how low we could get our grades.
0: Okay, for all classes,
1: just just for this one class, okay. just just for this just for journalism class, we we dip it and see how far down we could get, uh-huh. and then still bring it up right at the end and pass the class. And and so I th- I think it was I got down to like twenty percent, yeah, and I think Steve got down to like seventeen or something. And I think that was just based on work we'd done before we, we came up, yeah. with the with the idea. And then right at the end, we sort of we figured out we we sort of did three quick projects and bumped it up to a C C plus each, nice. But that but that feeling of like fuck it, let's see, yeah, that and that like just not taking anything seriously. That that was it for me. It was uh, um, yeah, just just seeing what I could get away with, which was that was, that was most of tenth grade, which was effective. It's an effective lesson to learn it totally worked i didn't I didn't learn any lessons i just had a I just had a lot of fun with my friend <laughs> that, was, that, that sums up fifteen for me. no lessons learned <laughs> yeah what about you
0: um well, a similar thing to you i think um I didn't have a girlfriend, but I was pretty much only friends with girls at this time, and I think that was a huge influence on me not only because I wanted to be liked by them but they were just so much goddamn cooler than any guy that I knew in the school um, yeah. I had a I remember there was a friend I had who we met through a smashing pumpkins board the year before um, oh yeah, and then I became friends with her and one of her friends, and uh, they lived about a half hour up island from me in Victoria and we'd meet up downtown and they were kind of instrumental in shaping my um definitions of what was cool i i remember a clear point in the year 2000 where uh we don't uh yeah we 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 don't listen to smashing pumpkins anymore we only listen to sonic youth now you have to do the same and i was like okay (laughs) blew my mind like that that the first i remember the first time i actually listened to this one sonic youth album daydream nation super high walking around the suburbs it blew my mind that music like this could be made um Mm. on guitars and was made back in uh, the late 80s to this year really opened me up as somebody who wanted to get into music away from the mainstream. So as a result, I don't really have many historical relationships with the songs on this um, compilation outside of a couple. But yeah, it was also just confusing, too, because I was I was the lead in the high school play musical rather. Oh, shit. Bucky, you. Bye Bye Birdie.
1: Um, oh, wow. Which i I really hope that there's video of that, wow, I think yeah.
0: the pressure of the play and also even just the pressure of like wh- what am I uh which is a very kind of um suburban white sort of
1: thing, as we'll see on this compilation, but i don't know i think <laughs> i I think what I think what am I is a is a universally teenage experience, I think um were you having that sort of I had it really bad, and then in late ninth grade, uh my mm. uh, uh guidance counselor at school sort of noticed that i was freaking out like i was basically like borderline panic attacks um in school yeah and he sat me down he said chris you seem stressed and it was and i said yeah my parents put a lot of pressure on me because i was um neither my parents no one in my family had ever been to university and they were really dead set on it and so it was just like grades 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 um and he pressure about it and he chilled me the fuck out because he just said listen there's mature student status so that means that after you graduate, no matter what your grades are, as long as you pass, if you give it two years yeah. to just you know live your life, then uh, you write you write an essay, you write a letter to the university, explain what you learned in your time, and then they don't even look at your grades, and that just freed me. Gotta gotta love that form of education. It was incredible. I got more out of school than any of my friends did in that sense of like becoming yeah. a person because then I could just enjoy it and I could observe and I could fuck around and like I was I actually I think it was yeah I was tenth grade so it was this year. Where I got I got kicked out of the same English teacher's class every day for a month, for what? Just mischief, just silly, just silly things, just undermining him, making sounds, singing songs. Not quite Dennis the Menace mischief, not like nineteen fifties more 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 bloodhound gang mischief. Yeah, closer to that. Yeah, and then I remember when when I hit a month, I jumped up out of my chair when he said, "Chris, get out," and I. And I was like, that's a month. That's every day for a month. And I ran up and down the desks and I high-fived everybody <laughs> like I was a basketball player coming onto the court. Were people <laughs> actually putting their hands up for Oh, you, yeah. Or? Yeah. Everybody high-fived me. It was, it was a hell of a time. Um, to, to anyone listening who was like that poor teacher. This guy was an asshole. Even teachers hated this guy. He was, he was, a, he was a prick. So we yeah, felt no Yeah. There's almost, one in every school. Yeah. So he, he was that guy. Plus, I was starting to get into punk, which I think influenced me a lot so i what, was what, what what era of punk though we uh about? a lot of like epitaph like very current not great punk no, um, no effects yeah no effects like um yeah. bad religion pennywise um <clears throat> millen colin the like swedish uh pop punk band i loved and yeah. a t- 10 foot pole um, propaganda
0: you get into that yeah too. some
1: propagandi, yeah uh and it. It, it was it was mostly it was honestly it was like locked down to and this is where i felt the same distance from this one from Big Shiny Tunes 5 that you did, where I was starting to really move away from it, where yeah. I, um, I listened to the album Punkorama 4. Is that a comp? Constantly. It's a compilation that I found, I can't remember, I think I found it by accident. And I loved it because it had, you know, Bad Religion and, and the type of punk that I loved. And there was yeah. one song on it, I think it was track 17 or track 19, and it was Big in Japan by Tom Waits. Great song. But it was like but it really it changed like it's it's you gotta you gotta listen to the song. It's just this like sort of slow dirge um of him of this guy saying like everything's wrong in my life, but whatever, I'm big in Japan, it's fine. And it was I remember the first time I heard it, I hated it. I couldn't I was the worst song I'd ever heard. And then by yeah. the end of the year, it was the only song on the album I liked. Like i completely one eighty'd and I would just listen to that. And so yeah, so so I was being drawn into different ways too
0: that's like that's an example of how a compilation should be actually you think you know what you're getting into yeah. they just
1: sucker punch you with a total random song that's and it's such a it's to me that's the most punk stuff mm-hmm. it's like to just be like we know this doesn't belong but it's what we fucking want on here and here's big in japan by tom waits that's it it's like we're just gonna do what we want to do it's like that's punk as hell that's really cool
0: Maybe you saw the same thing I did, but I could not find a Canadian top ten. But I did find top songs in Canada for this year. But
1: yes, yeah, so I was. I was thinking the way the one that I found that seems like the most like a uh, uh, likely representation of it is a breakdown of sort of week by week. Okay. Uh, which normally I wouldn't do because it would be like fifty-two songs, but it turns out s- six songs fucking dominated two thousand. <laughs> so
0: we're going to start with Canada so, um, then.
1: Sure, or we can. I've got the states one right here. Which do you prefer?
0: I, I think just um, yeah, for for the sake of how the world's about to change, let's give America their one last chance in
1: the spotlight before they de-escalated their imperialist sensibilities. Fair enough. It's it's it, we're gonna miss them. You know, for all we complain, we're gonna miss them. Um, all right. So so the top ten in America in the year two thousand. Were uh, Breathe by Faith
0: Hill. What is with this song title? It's in this compilation. It was in the previous compilation with Moist,
1: and it's, it's the name of this song too. It just it sounds deep and intimate, but it's also meaningless. It's perfect or it's the perfect song title. This
0: song title was used so much; it's almost as if Faith Hill and all the others were making fun of future
1: coronavirus us. I, that's a lot of credit to give Faith Hill, <laughs> but. <laughs> Uh, so number two is uh, Smooth by Santana featuring Rob Thomas, which I think was on last year's Top 100 as well. Maria Maria by Santana, back to back, spot two and three. I mean, I got to say, I love that Maria Maria song. I, I still think that's a jam. Um, <laughs> I Want to Know by Joe, who I only know Joe because he featured on uh, Still Not a Player by Big Pun. Okay. Which is like a great hip hop song. And but later I, had I a think... career as an uh, antique dealer in The Wire. but <laughs> 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 jesus christ <laughs> uh, um, um then you got uh everything you want by vertical horizon which i don't remember at all what a trippy name my brain can't even take that name vertical horizon is like that's ambitious as far as an image like <laughs> and i feel i feel like there is no way their songs live up to that um then you got uh, uh say my name by destiny's child this is the, the the beginning of the ascendancy of beyonce total ripper um I Knew I Loved You by Savage Garden, arguably my, my least favorite band. <laughs> no, no, your favorite. Time. Why do you keep saying least? Um, oh, Savage fucking Garden. Um, Amazed by Lone Star, which I never heard in my life. This I, music video and song itself is so white. I, I think it may have been Lenny Riefenstahl's last filmic effort. Jesus Christ. This is, I gotta say, this, the top 10 this year in the States is the whitest it's been since we started. It's true. I don't know, what, I don't know what's going on in America this time, but it explains George Bush's victory. Uh, then Bent by Matchbox 20, which actually makes the compilation. Yep. Uh, and then He and then he Wasn't Man Enough by Tony Braxton. Legitimately the best song on that top 10. A total awesome yeah, banger. Yeah, I, I would agree. So then, okay, so the Canadian one is baffling. Um, <laughs> there is... So these are, again, these are just the songs that were top number one during the week. Yep. So so between them, I, I feel like that makes it a, a top 10. So you got um, Blue... Dabba D by Eiffel 65. I, I gotta give it to that song. It's still fucking weird. It just made us feel silly. Like we just danced silly around all the time. Yeah. To the point where it actually became almost a burden because if the <laughs> song came on, then the rest of our friends <laughs> demanded that we dance to it. Wonderful. Um, then Savage Garden, boo. Yeah. Uh, Chris- Christine Aguilera, What a Girl Wants. Show Me the Meaning of Being Lonely by the oh, Backstreet Boys. Right. For some reason, uh, I thought
0: it was the- Casey and JoJo, but nope.
1: <laughs> no, that's, that's fair though. I could yeah. see that. Uh, do you remember Soul Decision? Do I ever? Faded by Soul Decision featuring Thrust. Can you sing us the chorus of that song, sir? Uh, that, no, <laughs> I don't know the song. I, I didn't do my homework. I, I can. Guess. I don't. I don't. I don't remember how the song goes. I just remember the feeling that the band Soul Decision gave me. It's like they're like half Collective Soul, half uh. Prozac. Remember the <laughs> band Prozac? <laughs> it's sort of like halfway between them. Then you got um, Bye 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 and Sync, uh, Never Let You Go by Third Eye Blind. Uh, It Feels So Good by Sonique. Oops, I Did It Again by Britney Spears. This was the year that Britney Spears sort of blew up. Yeah. Um, Bent by Matchbox 20. Bang, Bang, Boom by The Moffats. Those sweet boys. Those sweet little ragamuffins. (laughs) Uh, Music by Madonna, and that dominated for like two months. Then uh, Shape of My Heart by Backstreet Boys, and then Liquid Dreams by O-Town. So mostly pop music.
0: That actually makes a lot of sense, given what this compilation feels like, because... Yeah,
1: this feels like a direct reaction. Yeah,
0: now to me, this compilation feels like, okay, top 10, we heard you, but we're edgier than you. Check this out. Yeah.
1: Do you want to do overall feelings about this first, or honorable honorable mentions for songs that we can't believe didn't get on?
0: I mean, again, like last episode, I'm not surprised that anything doesn't make it on that I liked, not only because I was so cool as a 15... year old that people in my school didn't even think I was cool. That's how cool I was. They didn't think I was a loser. Mm-hmm. They just couldn't even get to my level, man. Um, hey, you're, you're, you're birdie, baby. You fly above them. Um, I broke it down to three things I was surprised. Based on, A, my own taste, B, the taste of previous Big Shiny Tunes compilations, and third, mm-hmm. by what would have been a genius stroke had they done it. So, yeah. A, I'm legitimately surprised that... Um, there was this band from Canada at the time called Kitty, who were okay. a four-piece, female-fronted new metal band. I remember um, Kitty, yeah. Their songs weren't that great, but they were at least, I mean, this I, I don't mean to sound exaggeratory, but their songs were at least 2,000 times better than Serial Joe's Mistake. Um, yeah. So I'm surprised by Charlotte, but that, that Charlotte or maybe even um, Brackish by Kitty didn't make it, because Brackish
1: was a huge song. Oh, Do you remember yeah. Brackish? Yeah, I remember that song. I don't remember how it goes, but I remember it. Did, it it didn't come out around. in the
0: year 2000, but they could have still included it because in this, I don't know if you noticed, but they actually have a lot of, like a few songs from 1999 on this oh, compilation. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. um, so there's that. I Just as like a music fan, and also because they were included on previous albums, um, I'm surprised Radiohead... Uh, anything Something off from Kid a. yeah like especially national yeah. anthem national anthem would have been yeah. like a great song to have
1: on here that would have at least diffused the total bullshit that appears on yeah it would have, it would have it would have held down the radiohead spot on yeah. big shiny tunes where it's like here's the one good song here you go
0: yeah <laughs> and i'm sure nobody did it in any compilation outside of uh whatever hip hop ones were being released in the states at the time but given the decade to come, and given that um, it was a total awesome song that I think most everybody my age loved, Bombs Over Baghdad by Outkast. Oh, uh, what a jam. But also, what a prophetic song for uh, the next <laughs> like yeah. 10 years yeah. to come. <laughs> um, yeah, they're about
1: 10 months early. Yeah. Like, I've got one Arm Scissor by At The Drive-In. There's no reason why that shouldn't be on here uh last resort by papa roach that's shocking that that's not on here um i also had something by kid a um i didn't i didn't know that album too well but like anything of kid a would have made sense this one i think would have made the first big shiny tunes and it's fuck the pain away by peaches it's a revolutionary song yeah and a great like it's a good song yeah like it, it it pretty much stands up and it's i think it would have been yeah in the in the ethos of the early big shiny tunes i think it would have had space totally but for what it's become i understand why it wasn't on there but like it should have been for me the the hip-hop one because there's clearly i don't think it's i don't think it's conscious okay but there is a there is a racial bias to the bands that they put on big shiny tunes mm-hmm. and uh that's why i'm surprised the real slim shady didn't make it on
0: but but here's something I think that could be happening, especially now that um, the world at the time was becoming increasingly information-aged with the internet, which is that I, I think that it's possible Big Shiny Tunes wanted to have that on, but a lot of people were just like, no, your compilation
1: kind of sucks. We don't want to be affiliated with this. Dude, that is, that is possible. I think it might be. <laughs> But I don't, I don't think that anyone pays that much attention to Canadian stuff. I, I don't think that they would have looked into it. And given some of the Canadian bands that appear on this compilation, I am inclined to agree. <laughs> yeah, it's so depressing. All right, so let's, let's, let's talk about the actual album. So I hate this album pretty much wall to wall. Okay. Um, I think it is, uh, it, it feels like a concept album about uh, the same sad boy. Like, it feels like every single song could have been written by the exact same sad guy. Just
0: just to repeat for our listeners, again, this is a, uh, the second time in a row where big, shiny tunes
1: have included a compilation of all male artists. Yeah. 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 It's, and it's all sad guys. It's so depressing. It's such a bummer of an album, both vibe-wise yes. and conceptually and quality. It bums me out. Like, everything about this is just so goddamn sad to me. And it's based every single song, and I mean, we'll get into it once we get into the actual songs themselves, is a guy being like, why doesn't anyone see how great I am? That sums up almost every single song on this compilation. It's so boring. Yeah, weirdly so. Um,
0: We'll get to all that. There's a couple exceptions, I think, but let's just jump right in. First
1: song, Big Shiny Tunes 5 matchbox 20 bent chris your thoughts i honestly i didn't have i didn't have too many feelings on this that we didn't go over with the last matchbox 20 song other than it's just it's just disappointingly like it's just bad it's not even terrible it's just bad like i just don't like it i don't know how do you feel about it the the only real note i had about the song itself was just it
0: feels almost as if alternative culture got its own
1: am radio station (laughs) <laughs> i love that that's perfect that's absolutely right Yep.
0: <laughs> um and yeah i the only things i had to mention was just i, I read a bit more about rob thomas because i realized like okay well who is this guy really he had a totally fucked up childhood i learned mm. that his grandma was the first person to give him heroin pretty oh, dark god Jesus. um and all throughout his teenage years, like another artist on this compilation who I'll get to, um, he experimented with drugs a lot. And during mm. one acid trip, he decided to play with dry ice and his hands oh, were so no. badly burnt that doctors initially thought they would require amputation. So, oh my God. And there's like an interview with his sister where she talks about how concerned she was that he wouldn't be able to manage everyday activities and that at the time he was worried he would never get to play music again Mm. so anyways i I don't know i I find something strange about that because his music is not very that dark at all um maybe there's something about him that is just kind of like i want to feel love and the best way to feel love is to be as normal as possible for other people
1: yeah yeah i mean that 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 feels plausible i guess or maybe he's just not that bright. Maybe he's just like a sad guy. Cause like not everyone that lives a tortured life is a genius, you know? I'm sorry. I'm sorry that he had such a rough life and I hope he's okay, but I, I still hate his music. It's, I feel, I feel so bad that like this podcast began as a, a labor of love. Yeah. And we really wanted to like, we really wanted to celebrate like the Canadian music and big shiny tunes. And I love, I love doing the podcast, but I just, I can't believe like how much I hate the albums. Like I hate the song. Like, I'm I'm really, I love doing this, but the... Um, and I yeah, don't, the, the, yeah, I don't want us to get into like a Mark Maroney thing
0: of like the tapping into the psychology of who we were as people at the time and how it influences
1: us now, but I don't see any way out other than that, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what this is, what this is exactly. But it's it's interesting. Even my wife said before, I was telling her about um, yeah. some of the songs on this, and she's like, so you guys just record a podcast about music you hate? And I was like, that wasn't the idea. <laughs> that wasn't... That wasn't the plan. But nonetheless, like, there's there's something, I think, that happened
0: in this era with um, capitalism and the economy, blah, blah, blah. I've mentioned this before, but I, I, I think it's important to talk about the things we hate and that the things that we mm-hmm. don't identify with this at all compared to then and now, because yeah. there's something that can be illuminated through just... Um,
1: Songs like Kid Rock, yeah. Only God Knows Why, which i very excited to talk oh, to you, but yeah. we have a way to go. <laughs> and that's, that's, um, that's actually that's part of why I'm glad that we do the honorable mention songs, like the should have been included. Yes. Because it's not, I think what bothers me most about this, it's not that this music exists, which is, you know, there's 98% of everything is bad. In, in, in like, general. In every creative field, 98% of it is bad. Even as a force in the universe. Probably, it's, yeah. It's like it's a it's a negative. Ninety eight percent of stand up comedy is terrible. Ninety eight percent of music is bad. Ninety eight percent of plays are terrible. Ninety eight percent of movies are bad. It's it's. I think it's just that this is I. What bothers me is that there were things that they could have, they could have celebrated and chose not to. Yes. I think it's the ce- the celebration of of this terrible music that really that's what bothers me about it. Is I'm not even mad at them for making it. I hate that it made it to this point. Yeah, it feels it feels like a gross uh foundation for what's about to come. But also it's it's just it feels like an album that's terrified of taking a chance with a couple yeah. exceptions.
0: Do you mind if I set up this next song? Please do. So now we're at the second song on Big Shiny Tunes five, Load Me Up by Matthew Good, which I think is actually I'm not gonna call it the best song on this comp, but I think it's
1: um the one of the least bad <laughs> on this compilation. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It's another song about a guy who is suffering and needs therapy and refuses to get it. Yeah. And it, it really, you know what, the, the, note, the note that I have in here okay. is, um, why don't white people ever write celebration music? It's like, <laughs> it just feels like he's, there's all this like emotion in it, but it's not angry and it's not sad. But like, there's no joy. I mean, we, we still had a few more years to get to Polyphonic Spree, if you remember that
0: band. But that was... Oh, yeah. jeez, I forgot about them. That was white celebration music for sure. Yeah, that's true. But I, I, wanted, to ask, I wanted to ask what you made of the line because it relates to your métier. Uh, picture yourself swimming in an ocean a million miles from nowhere and the nearest phone. There's bodies in the water floating all around you. And all of them are talking. And they're comedians.
1: Uh You're fucked. You're gonna drown. We're not gonna <laughs> Fair enough. That's uh yeah. I mean if I was first of all, if I'm in the middle of an ocean a phone's not what I'm looking for. Uh <laughs> you shame Matthew Good to drown himself because yeah. he's like, That's a stupid
0: observation, dude.
1: Yeah, I think I think that would be it. Is he we'd all just we'd all just rip on him so much that he'd just give up. <laughs> But that's his nightmare.
0: That's the nightmare he realizes about himself, and he puts it in a song. He's just like, I hope I never drown next to comedians because
1: they're so much funnier than I could ever be. He takes himself too seriously. It's so easy to make fun <laughs> of people that take themselves seriously. Wow. That, yeah, Matt could, he wouldn't, he wouldn't stand a chance.
0: I'm so glad I asked you about
1: that, man. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, I get that fear. That's a reasonable fear for a guy like him. <laughs> um, have you got anything else left on that, or should we uh, move let's, on? Let's move on with this flight of the Valkyries. All right, uh, Valkyries, but yeah. Um, I don't need to learn how to say it properly. This is 2,000 men. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Yeah, that was, uh, I guess that was the vibe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Kryptonite by Three Doors Down. Yep. I have a I have a guess about how you felt about it when it came out, but I'd like to hear you mm-hmm. say it. Like, it wasn't hatred. It just, it just felt part of a general
0: um, landscape, which I associated with, teenage malaise or just being bored mm-hmm. or hating that, uh, I was having to be around my parents or being in like a mall and it plays yep. on the speakers, but yeah, I, I didn't have any feeling towards it other than just, this sounds like background music to life.
1: Okay. Yeah, I get that. That's actually more forgiving than I was expecting of teenage Jordan. I, I see
0: this song as something totally else now, but what about you? How did this figure into your life? I
1: loved it. I loved it. Uh, oh, I was worried. <laughs> I straight up loved this song. I was, uh, I had so much fun with it. All my friends, would sing along to it. I bought the album. I owned a Three Doors Down album. Oh my God. Uh, I, yeah, I loved it. I really adored it. All my friends loved it. It was one of my favorite songs at the time. And anytime it came out, I was like thrilled to hear the song. And to the point where now like, I can't even hate it because I have so many good memories of it. And that, um, I find I still actually, it's sort of, it's, it's sort of simple, but just the way the, the drums that go through it as they're doing the song. The it's militaristic, man. It, it is. Yeah, yeah. I just, I really liked it. It's like <laughs> Sousa. It's like it's just,
0: <laughs> this is, this is, uh, the same camaraderie that you would feel in a marching band.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I really, I, I, I really liked it. I mean, now it's, it's, um, it doesn't obviously fill that same void for, and, and now like, This band feels like they should be Kid Rock's forever opening act to me. This
0: is the most American song that's ever existed, I think. I could see that. In in all these compilations so far. I I totally forgot this, but they reunited to
1: play Donald Trump's inauguration. I was going to say that and I I wanted to talk about it because he tried to get so many bands to play. And he couldn't because everyone kept saying no. And then eventually he got like a high school marching band and three doors down to play at his inauguration.
0: The one line that's in this song, I think kind of encapsulates this feeling of America that exists now, which is that he says, you took for granted all the times I never let you down. As if yeah. as if not being like somebody who's just going to be disappointing is in yeah. itself a virtue. <laughs> like, like it's such a hubristic fucked up line and i and it <laughs> makes sense that they would play as inauguration because they have no real values that transcend just like well you know on, on one level it's like they they might not think they're making a political statement um and they're just like well it's just the music but it's a pretty defining moment in the last uh, three years of <laughs> where, where we've yeah. been headed and the interesting thing is that um their manager stuck up for them by saying that like listen like uh They have songs like Kryptonite and Loser, and those songs are played at every Walmart and in every elevator in America, the manager confessed. Uh, This manager's name is Angus Vale. And so he he continues, he's like, but are they huge? The very first album they put out sold 13 million copies, and Three Doors Down are are a Bible Belt sort of band. And they can do very well in those places. They can play until they're 80 years old. There's a thought. <laughs> they can Jesus. play until they're 80 years old and people will come and see them. They're not the latest, hottest thing, but they will always attract a lot of people. They can sell out a reasonable size venue if they play in the Rust Belt, in the Midwest, in the Bible Belt. They can do 5,000 people one night. That's the nature of America, of the market here. And that's so depressingly
1: accurate, I think. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. I mean, they do feel like a band that would, yeah, go with his voters in that way. I mean, all i I can see them doing it because they don't have much of a profile, and so that's a national stage to get on. Sorry did i, I did
0: I mention they played
1: both Bush inaugurations too? I forgot that part too. <laughs> are you serious? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. That
1: can't be true. It is true. Both yeah. of George W. Bush's inaugurations. Yeah, and when
0: the manager had to explain that too, he said like, you know, they're really good guys, but they have different political beliefs uh, because they played both of the inaugurations. I can't
1: believe that they played both of George Bush's. That's yeah. so funny. You know, when it's Republicans or right wing people, like in general, yeah. uh, complain that there are no right wing comedians and no right wing bands, like this is why. Yeah. It's because you just, you make garbage things. You're not creative. It's 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 not an instinct that goes along with the right-wing mentality is to be is to create it's more to sort of destroy and and capitalize uh, focus yeah this is not the e street band this is not a band
0: that um has a love of music other than just i i don't know like it's it, it kind of blows my mind like i don't understand what this song is other
1: than it just feels american that's actually you know what you just you you just sparked a thought in me and i think it's part of what bothers me about 98 percent of this album and it's it's the thing it's like the defining thing about three doors down or th- them as an avatar yeah there's no empathy to it there's no sense that there's anyone else in the world like that thing where he's like you took for granted all the times i never let you down it's <laughs> yes. like you've have, you have not thought about this person <laughs> at all <laughs> you have. yeah the fact that you haven't let them down was about you keeping score it had nothing to do with them it was it was because you wanted to do it now you don't there's zero empathy to most of this music this is this whole album is self-indulgent nonsense but this song in particular and the idea that um if i go crazy then will you still call me superman it's like if i treat you like shit will you still treat me like a god is that okay with you Mm -hmm. i really need you to do that yeah and that's when i when i was listening to this and i was thinking about them playing at the trump inauguration and now (laughs) it it, it, is i just pictured him tapping his foot to that line if I go crazy, then will you still call me Superman? Well,
0: and, that, and that's also, I think, more of the shell that all of this cohabits, because it cuts to the Trumps listening to, not this song, I think one of their other songs, like the whole enclave, the whole um, dynasty of this super fucked up warped criminal family. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of them are just sitting there still. There's not a single person there who is yeah. just like nodding their head. It's pure performance and theater. And it's, um, yeah, like this. It's like
1: they're watching someone else's kid at a recital. Like they're waiting for their kid to go up and they're just politely waiting for it to end.
0: Yeah. People can say whatever they want about other cultures, but at least the Japanese had a sense of shame and would seppuku when they would bring yeah. dishonor. <laughs>
1: and three doors down, yeah. um, need to invest in some swords. I honestly, I think about Sebaku so much lately. <laughs> <laughs> it's every time I read the news, I'm like Sebaku, Sebaku, Sebaku. <laughs> All right, so the next song, uh, "Sour Girl" by Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah, um, this song didn't really do. It for- I think it's one of the most interesting songs on the album, but it didn't yeah. do anything for me. It felt like I respect Stone Temple Pilots for not adapting with the times. Yeah, they stuck to their guns, mm-hmm. and I think that's difficult to do, and I respect that. But I just don't. I don't know. I don't care. I felt like um, like the the thing I got here is that this is music from the heroin party era.
0: Yes. Okay. Good. And yeah.
1: and we have entered the pharmaceutical solution to sad kids era. Yes, which and is so also reflected on other side by Red Hot Chili Peppers as well. That's on this comment. Yeah. 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 So it just it's not it's it's not of the time, and it it not only feels kind of jarring on the album, but also it just feels kind of out of date and not great.
0: I don't know if you noticed the line in the song, but he says. Um, I was a Superman, but looks are deceiving. And I okay. I bet whoever put that song right after kryptonite thought yeah. they were, they, they were like, they were, they were just tasked with finding a running order and they got super yeah. high and they're like, Oh yeah, this will be my little contribution.
1: Uh, um, when you, if you know, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I just, yeah. I didn't, I didn't think much of the song. I didn't hate it. I think it's in, in that way that like there's Scott Whelan, has something inherently cool about it? Of course, and I think that that comes heroin in This music, as they call yeah, it, yeah, it it's it's Kate Moss era. You know, there's something super fucking cool about it, but I don't. It doesn't do anything for me. It's it, her, heroin is in an Adderall age, is a terrible mix. He of just course, doesn't suit this at all. He's yeah,
0: yeah. You go, you go for fentanyl now. There's like, have you got oh those it's things? It's poor. so cost effective though. It's like you only have to buy like a bit. It's like it's way more. If you want to get addicted
1: to drugs. um but, with no real what, solution, then I recommend fentanyl. But what you what you save in money, you lose in prints. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, we what well, we all saved in fentanyl cash, we lost in musical genius. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, all right. The next song, do want to do. You want to do this one?
0: Uh, yeah, actually. Um, I mean, I'm I'm a little uh, cagey with talking about this because I don't want to ruin the surprise. But so the next song is the bad touch. By Bloodhound Gang. And I think at the time I was just too removed from getting into cooler shit. I think I might have associated the song as being in that world of like Kevin Smith movies and Eminem and like, you know, like that kind of mad TV era of dumb, kind of stupid humor. Yeah. But re listening to this, I. I honestly think that this is the best song on the compilation and that this isn't, this isn't, this isn't even a song. It's a work of art. And these guys are goddamn (laughs) surrealist geniuses.
1: Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm so glad you feel that way.
0: Yeah, uh, you, you, please, like, what's you talk about, because I, I didn't have a relationship to this. I remember hearing it, but I was just like, oh, yeah, catchy chorus.
1: This is another song. I knew every single word to the song. Okay. It made me laugh so hard. My friends and I would, like, fall over laughing at this. And I remember we had a, um, a lip sync battle at our school every year. It was called Air Band, mm-hmm. And this, I don't know if they were, like, a theater troupe. It was, like, a bunch of drama kids got together, and they did, like, a play <laughs> to this song. And it was hilarious. It had great like visual gags in it. Their timing was perfect. Um, it was a really great performance. Like I honestly, I think that if I saw it now, I probably wouldn't laugh as much because like hopefully not. I was fifteen. I'm thirty six now, but but I would still be like, you know what? Way to go! You put a lot of work into that and you nailed it. Yeah. And um, and it killed and it it won. But then we found out that the principal took their prize away because it was of a sexual nature. Right. And so so they were stripped of it. But that's like. It this is such a fun, creative, mm-hmm. still like this must okay. The hook is unbelievable. Yeah, one of the catchiest of all time. It's got to set a record for the most euphemisms in a song. But the most creative euphemisms. Like, not even necessarily current pop culture. Like, they go, like, the lost catacombs of Egypt, only God knows where we stuck it. Like, what a line! That's... The breadth of their um, uh, topics in bringing it back to sex is so funny to me. It's hard to choose a favorite, honestly, but I think
0: the one that was making me laugh a lot was, like, Lyle, you're gonna love it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're almost... Comedians who are making music, but it doesn't feel like complete musical comedy.
1: Like it's somehow, it's just a work of like some kind of great yeah. thing. Like it's still a great song. It just happens to be funny. Where it's like, I it was, I was actually thinking this song has more like punchlines in it Yes than most most comedy shows that I've seen in the last few years Right Like it's so tight every single line has something and this is why it drives me crazy when comics don't listen to hip-hop because like MCs are able to write such tight beautiful metaphors and create such beautiful pictures in so few words and they'll write just the funniest burns and that's all this this song is just short quick jokes Yes all on the same topic it's all just sex just for what what is it three minutes just just and five words per joke, it's ergonomically perfect. Like every every comedian should have to listen to this. It's so funny. It's so impressive. And the horns when they bring the horns in, what a move! We'll touch on this a little bit in the Jay Englishman
0: dissection. But um, I I really feel like we'll just kind of be remembered like our downfall too. We'll, won't be that we were so imperialistic and hmm. so. colonial like as as nations it will also just because we're just a bunch of stupid horny people who just refuse to admit it yes (laughs) yeah like 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 total freudian people are so sexually repressed that it makes
1: war or something these guys are geniuses I I think it takes such a such a special um, type of playful intelligence to make the dumbest fucking thing you've ever heard and make it incredible and creative Totally.
0: On, on this compilation, they make Blink-182 seem like the Tea Party.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and that's, it makes like, when you look at bands like LMFAO, yeah. and you go, you guys are buffoons. <laughs> the, these guys are genius clowns. Yeah. <laughs> is, there's a huge difference. But if you like, I wouldn't have known until I, I hadn't listened to this in ages and I just thought it was a stupid song. And then when I was listening to it, I was like, oh, these guys are brilliant. This is the funniest, most creative thing on this album by a huge Margin. Um, all right. So to the opposite of that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Look, everyone, it's "Some 41's dad. Yeah. <laughs> Stepdad. <laughs> 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 and that song is? Uh, American Psycho by Treble Charger. Ugh. And this, I love, I love this as a move because it's such a Canadian thing. It's so funny to, like, to just be like, Americans are nuts. 'cause it's like like Neil Young did it, uh guess who with American woman. Uh you got American psycho. Honestly, Americans didn't figure out how much how fun it is to just call Americans stupid until Green Day yeah. came out with American Idiot. Like it was an untapped resource for them. And Canadians have been living off that. That's our wealth. That we go to yep. that every goddamn time. Yeah. so I uh hate this song, obviously. Um I think that uh it was perfectly timed I think this is this song is uh, had a real luck for timing because Bush won Um, and also the movie of
0: that year which they totally just ripped the title off of American Psycho the is that the year American Psycho came out yeah they this song came out like months after that movie came out too so crazy yeah
1: a lot of it is just luck timing for like style wise and George Bush making America look crazy because uh, I remember when i when I heard it that 's who I immediately pictured was George Bush, sure um, yeah, and but other than that, it was like
0: t- this song just feels like it 's trying to be edgy um with its references uh, or even the confusing ass music video, which has the band running around in uniforms they 're like running around putting anti imperial stickers like a you know the um the uncle Sam like we want you to join the army oh, yeah. point like these things, and they 're running around and they 're like they're pasting it on swimsuit models, and then they're like interrupting mm. a French wedding and then they're also like giving a bunch of immigrant convenience store owners a hard time like by throwing d- breaking things and It's just like so uh. trying to be bratty, but these are men in their late thirties um yeah. <laughs> and uh as we'll see later, like the lead singer of this band, I think his name's Greg Norrie, like he was the producer and the person who basically like signed some forty one So I I really feel that this is a vested interest in the Canadian music industry's part of trying to Mm. make something big just by having associations with other bands that are doing the same kind of thing of just, you know, like we're punk, (laughs) like we're bratty. I got stood up by a girl at a treble charger concert, but became more upset about having to watch
1: treble charger as the night went on. (laughs) I mean, that's an indictment. That's gotta hurt. That's, Dear Trouble Charger, sorry for your loss. Um, <laughs> um, all right, we can move on to the next song, which I, for me, is in the bottom three songs on the album. Interesting. Okay, I hate I hate this song. I hate uh, I hate I hated it then. I hated it then. Oh, I've always hated this song. This is so interesting now. Okay, this is this is the same sad guy that's written all the other songs so far on the album, but now he's spouting boring magic mushroom realizations. <laughs> I feel like a newborn. Shut up, you fucking idiot.
0: I like how I like how you hear him as a crooner, actually. Dean Dean Martin with the cover of Filter. Oh let me sing about my plane ride.
1: We're gonna take a plane ride. (laughs) (laughs) Gonna drink too Um, much. The 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 feeling on the 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 chorus that like it's got sort of an underwater kind of vibe. I love that. I hate that. It made me want to punch an aquarium. Like, I hate it so much. Did was, you have some traumatic experience with The Little Mermaid growing up, Chris? I love The Little Mermaid. <laughs> I love
0: Sebastian. I love the seagull. I love them all. <laughs> I can't. So, actually, as the first note in my notes here, I have I have a feeling Chris hated this band and song. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes, yes. like, if you picture some, what something sounds like if you didn't actually speak English and you could just mm. hear it as a sound sensation, I think this song... Goes a little bit beyond what uh, most generic alt rock songs would at the time. What you equate as underwater sounds or feeling yeah. underwater, I equate as very trippy and cool. How did they make those noises? You know.
1: Yeah, so. I guess I just i i i never i hated it so much that I was never curious as how how they do it. <laughs> so I, that I much just, though, you hated it. It wasn't even like a meh, like it. It like I don't know if maybe something like I'm repressing some like awful memory <laughs> That's that something I want to during this song, <laughs> oh, but it really oh. bothers me. Like I really, really don't like the song at all. Like it, it, it flips a switch in me where I just, I hate the song, man. Well,
0: we will start our own therapy podcast to figure out what that feeling is someday. But I don't know if we have time in this one, Chris.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I have, I have no idea. But I, yeah, I just hate it. I think it's terrible.
0: Uh, <laughs> all right, do you want to do this next song? I mean, can I? You know, if this was a Chris Betts versus the audience, who won here, man? Did I give the song its justice? I don't know. I want to stick up for um, the song. Listen to the
1: song, people. Don't listen to Chris. I mean, yeah. I mean, listen, listen to all the songs and and send us messages and tell us how we're we're wrong and Matchbox Twenty are geniuses and the Goo Goo Dolls are the best <laughs> band that's ever happened. Uh, send, me, send us all that stuff because I'm I'm curious. I'd love to I'd love to hear what people think about it because yeah. I'm sure that there are people listening who are furious because we've shit-talked their favorite bit. There is a treble charger fan out there right now yeah. who is uh, livid but think at about the treatment that this, we've given. But think about
0: this, listeners. All we're doing is creating content. Maybe I just actually shit-talked a song I really love just because I don't care, because none of this
1: actually matters. No, I refuse. That is not what this podcast is about. I don't want to leave a gap. We're not, there's no characters here.
0: Maybe Chris and I compare notes before every show. And he was like, oh, you love this filter song, Chris? I hated it, man. But you know what? It'd be funny if we just swapped roles for this. Maybe that's what's happening. You'll never know because you don't know who we are, but you're listening to this for some reason. Trying to create conspiracy theories about our podcast. (laughs) Listen, I don't want Canada to be this thing that you can just boil down and feel like you know what it is. (laughs) <laughs> this
1: podcast is a safe space for hating terrible bands. That's that's all it is. an says.
0: anti-Canadian podcast made by the most Canadian people ever.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry I was so mean. Um so the ne- the next song is Wonderful by Everclear. Mm-hmm. I I I subtitled this song Sad Guy, The Early Years. There's something about these next 3 songs which are oddly similar uh and
0: it's yeah. just that They're sung from the perspective of somebody who's either pretending or uh, trying to be a kid. Don't really have much to say other than I think Everclear are are good songwriters. Um, Sparkle and Fade is an amazing album. The song kind of Mm. actually sounds, again, it's like that Matchbox 20 thing of sounds like it could be on an AM station. I could hear Tom Petty actually just covering this song easily. Um, It's not very edgy. It's not the best song they've ever done. I don't have intense hatred for it. and. That's all I gotta either. say about that.
1: Yeah, it's just I I was um most surprised that it was a hit. That sort of that one and the next song, I was like, why were these big hits? And I spent a lot of time thinking about that. As to what what it was about these this song and the next one that are just really sad, but not like not necessarily beautiful, sad, like a Leonard Cohen song or a Fiona Apple or like a, 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 a Nina Simone or something. It's just sort of regular guy sad. I yeah, I had this I had this thought of, and actually, I mean, it, it goes on for Adam's song as well. And I just, do you remember there was a meme maybe like a year ago that was going around Black Twitter and it just said, uh, are the whites okay? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I thought the whole time I was listening to this song. And I, I thought about all the songs that had come up before it and the ones that are coming up because Adam's song by Blink-182 is the next song. And it's, it sounds it's almost pro suicide it's so into this guy's so into killing himself yeah it's and it's again like are you like are we doing okay what's wrong with everybody that these are the songs that everyone was gravitating towards at the time this song's also famous just because
0: of the real life events that took place in the aftermath of it um which definitely falls under the banner of art imitating life so in his mm. memoir Uh, Travis Barker, the drummer, says that the song's title was taken from a sketch on a Mr. Show um, episode where a metal band named Titanica write a song that is encouraging one of their fans to kill themselves. (laughs)
1: Like one specific fan? Yeah. (laughs) That's such a funny idea.
0: (laughs) The Mr. Show sketch itself um, is parodying the kind of like satanic panic, backmasking fear of like, um, yeah. Satan like people putting messages from Satan and so the whole yeah. sketch is basically about how this fan uh, assumes the band was telling him to kill himself and he fails at killing himself and his body's so horribly disfigured that um, the band encourage him to kill himself because he'd be happier it's such a it's a super yeah. dark sketch but the Jesus. fact that Blink 182 um, g- named their song after that sketch for what the song's content is makes it even particularly stranger because Um, there, where is it here? I'm just going to find it. Uh, yeah, it, though the song was intended to inspire hope to those struggling with depression, it encountered controversy when a student of Columbine high school died by suicide with the track playing on repeat in 2000.
1: Yeah, that was always going to (laughs) happen.
0: But just the fact that they named the song after a sketch, involving like it's just it's too was the kids named adam uh tell me that kids i name don't i adam. don't have the answer to that we'll assume that uh, because of this nightmare world the answer is yes
1: <laughs> yeah i feel like it has to be adam um i mean that must have been that must have broken their hearts you never want that to happen i think it's so blink 182 like none of none of this song felt within the world of blink 182 and it kind of annoys me when silly people get like really yes. serious for seemingly no reason and the with like comedic actors sort of do that a lot it's like yeah you're funny don't stop wearing it like a like it's a disease not a robin williams fan folks but the idea yeah i mean get back to your goofiness robin all right <laughs> look yeah i mean when he was doing comedy he didn't kill himself did he <laughs> um <laughs> it's okay to laugh about that now he would he would find it all funny too i'm sure yeah he would he loved he loved to laugh at that stuff i mean i of all the things that i know about robin williams (laughs) uh it's a great loss he was a genius but there's um so with adam song i think it's it's the most blink 182 thing that even though it's this like sad song that really doesn't show the downside of suicide it just like paints a picture of a guy who's gonna kill himself yeah and and the Um, sadness one feels when knocking over apple juice in the hall and uh it's harper you never live that down that follows you forever (laughs) um but the idea that they named it after Mr. Show sketch is a very blink-182 thing like i yeah. was wondering what the link was and you go oh okay you're still like weird
0: but you can still be uh, sad enough to make an actual fan kill themselves
1: yeah that is that yeah i mean that that's that's real bad uh, <laughs> so um all right next to song to a song that should have made people kill
0: themselves in the godfather three of the sad man trilogy (laughs) (laughs) we go from two songs where men are pretending to be children to a man who is a literal man child and that is fred durst of the band limp Bizkit with their song rearranged not the biggest song from this album for some reason they didn't include nookie in the last compilation yeah which
1: is crazy but you know god bless fred durst man god bless this man this should be Joe Rogan's theme song. I hate this song. <laughs> like, I feel like whenever you see Joe Rogan with headphones in, this is what's playing. I feel like he's just the fucking arrogance. We, we have. Of starting with, yeah. think about it. Think, just, think, and just, then doesn't <laughs> talk about anything and doesn't talk about shit for the whole song. Just talks about how he's a genius and nobody knows. Yeah. Just garbage. It feels like the manifesto of a school shooter. Like I hate this song. Like everybody probably knows who Fred Durst is. Um, and yeah limp biscuit is like a cultural punching bag
0: limp biscuit best represents just the marketability of the industry and what links they'll go to if they think something will sell and this band totally sold because they pegged their uh customers right
1: yeah it's the the most the most depressing thing about them is how popular they were yeah that's what and i can't even blame them for that like people want to get mad at limp biscuit but it's like millions of people bought their albums it's the same thing with nickelback where it's like I can't hate them more than I hate their fans. <laughs> because... yeah. And I don't I don't think I knew any that, that's the bizarre part though. And maybe it had
0: something to do with growing up in a smaller city in Canada, mm. even though Victoria is not a small city, but I didn't actually know any legitimate L- Limp Biscuit fans.
1: I knew, I knew a few. Okay. Do you want to talk about yeah, that a I bit? A like few. was who were these people? They were like they were just nice enough guys. They were just suburban white dudes who wear their hats backwards in bars to this day. Because of Limp Biscuit, or they were already doing that? They were already doing that. They really spoke to them because I mean I was I was like a new metal guy. Like I loved a lot of new metal bands. I just didn't really like Limp Bizkit a lot. Yeah, I remember I bought I bought three dollar bill y'all, and then I returned it. Yeah, because I was like, oh this this feels like a band because I loved Corn. Yeah, and I was like, okay maybe maybe this will do it, and then um and then I returned it and I got something else instead. But this this band was yeah it was just something was off from day one. And it just feels like garbage people making garbage music. Like, it's not a coincidence that Limp Bizkit and Kid Rock were famous at the same time. Yeah. It's just depressing because it's
0: super down and negative and not um,
1: even pretending to have fun. <laughs> um, yeah, this is like, this is, this. I the subtitle for this one was Sad Boy Blames Everyone Else. Yeah. Because, like, there's that, there's the line at the end that he keeps repeating. and you says, You fucking with me? Uh, you think that every... Everybody is the same and it's like no that's what you think <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you think that everyone but you is the same and you're special that's where this thought comes from and it's like i hate the arrogance and ignorance involved in every goddamn part of it and the fact that he opens and closes with think about it yeah is the most alex jones bullshit well and i and i think there should be one saving grace of humanity perhaps
0: is that this band was um, hated at the time too, despite the fact that they were loved. There was still, uh, uh, to the extent that um, at the MTV VMAs of 2000, the bass player of Rage Against the Machine climbed up the structure when Limp Bizkit was accepting an award that was behind them. And he was I trying to, doing that. he was trying yeah. to collapse it. And then in a later interview after he was arrested and, and when he was asked to comment on why he did that, he he um, said something along the lines of, like, like, that he apologizes for Rage Against the Machine being re- partially responsible <laughs> for creating bands like Limp Bizkit. That's great. Because they took this formula of just, like, which Rage did for to great effect, right? Because at least mm. at the end of the day, you have a pretty sick MC over top of... Yeah this music which He's, is designed to hit yeah. super hard it's like super and it, does. and it does but when you're singing about che Guevara, that's kind of awesome but yeah. when you're singing about um your feelings uh as this dude it's kind of okay what what's going on now
1: yeah. in the world it goes back to what i was saying at the beginning where this feels like a period where off the back of a bunch of cool interesting bands finding it and then record labels having to, like, adjust yeah. and figure out what was cool and, and try to sign these bands and bring them on. Uh This is the record industry leading people by the nose yeah. and being like, well, we've made a, an ergonomically perfect version of that thing you like, and so this is what you'll buy now.
0: The The harm that this kind of music caused, I think, is somewhat irreparable because I think a lot of fans of this band, and this might be a controversial statement, but people who legitimately... Limp Bizkit was their favorite band. Um, mm-hmm. New metal was their favorite kind of thing. Their whole uh, life was just not understanding why um, girlfriends wouldn't do what they asked, or just getting really upset, having anger issues. Yeah. Just all this is the perfect kind of person you want to shoot missiles into Iraqi villages yeah. <laughs> two years from now. Like I, I, I really feel like there's you know, I I make a lot of stupid conspiracies uh, on the show Mm. and I don't want to make one with this, but I don't think the two are unrelated somehow that, Mm. that this kind of man um, and his age group ended up going over overseas for a total fraudulent war. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just think about it, man. I've heard Jesus Christ.
1: This is um, this honestly like what, what if I was a therapist, (laughs) I would play this, song in its entirety (laughs) yes for my commercial i'd buy like a five minute commercial block and i'd play the whole song okay and then at the end i'd say if you identify with this song (laughs) call me (laughs) because you're unwell that's the biggest sign that you need therapy is that the rearranged by limp biscuits speaks to you yeah you need to get out you need to get these feelings off your chest you're unwell yeah i want to help yeah
0: or if you somehow yeah. could obtain the data of the people that bought this music, you would know who to send uh, military pamphlets to in the yeah. years, years to yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, it's like therapists in the military just battling for the same guys. <laughs> so, I mean, we're going to have more chance to talk about this. Like, it's it's, it's this kind of thing where I, I am trying to find the humor in it. But, um, again, number five still has a bit of the... Uh, remnant flavors of old big shiny tunes but yeah we're going down a rabbit hole um which isn't actually a Mm -hmm. rabbit hole it's just a hairy butthole of men and their feelings yeah
1: there's there's no rabbits down there so the next song
0: uh would be the song that would be written by the person who was bullied by fred durst i think
1: um same guy two years different but yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) this is teenage dirt bag by weedus Which was written for a movie, a teen rom-com called Loser, starring Jason Biggs from American Pie. Um, And I have many feelings about this song that have fluctuated, uh, but I can't fully hate it the way that I wanted to making fun of mm. this song seems so obvious because of his voice, yeah. because of everything. Yeah,
1: he's, a, he's the Gilbert Gottfried of singers.
0: I was going to trash the song harshly, but now I kind of feel like yeah. I have to stick up for it just because of Limp <laughs> Um, <laughs> And I, I feel like I know everything we would hate about it, but I almost feel like this is the kind of song an incel would write if he had confidence.
1: Yes, yes, that is exactly right. And the best example of that is right at the end when the girl he likes shows up, Yes. It gives him tickets to his favorite band, which is Iron Maiden. Which, by the way, Iron Maiden must have been furious about. They must have heard this and been like, "This fucking loser likes our music." But so, so she shows up. She's got tickets. She says, "I've got two tickets to Iron Maiden, baby. Uh, come with me Friday. Don't say maybe." Uh, and then she says, "I'm just a teenage dirtbag, just like you." He gets literally everything he wants. Yeah, and then they go into the chorus again. Yeah, and he says, uh, "Um." she doesn't know what she's missing. She just asked yeah. you out. Yeah. Have the decency to change that. <laughs> this self-pity all the time, even when you get what you want, you still feel like you're being hard done by, is exactly the kind of sad boy bullshit that I hate about this album. <laughs> Part of the reason why this, this whole album bugs me, and the song in particular, is because I remember this guy, and I remember moments of being this guy when I was younger, and hating all this about myself, and looking back and being like, what a dick. And it's this this guy who complains that no one likes him while well, he sits around and just thinks bitter this was you angry thoughts for a brief period when i was a teenager yeah it was like i i luckily I had a lot of really cool friends who were great um and so it didn't last very long but but this like this guy who sits there and blames everyone else and is just like wonders why no one wants to hang out with him when he's clearly like consumed by bitterness yeah and i just i hate it when that that guy's painted as like this hero deserving of our support and it's like no he's driving people away with his anger and self-pity
0: yeah especially
1: if that guy's really into beach hats which uh yeah his narrative isn't the narrative in this this is like i'm sure if like if you could get the guy that's dating her and her story it would just be like yeah this fucking weird dude just stares at her all day and mumbles under his breath whenever i walk past yeah (laughs) shoots me daggers it's like yeah, I just, I, I can't, I
0: can't stand this. You know who uh, the singer of Weedus, at least in this song, reminds me of? He's like, Ooh. he's like Milhouse in high school. Yeah. <laughs> he's totally Milhouse. <laughs> like, hopelessly in love with Lisa. Lisa just kind of tolerates yeah. him and tr- wants wants to kind of keep him as a friend just to not hurt his feelings too much.
1: Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that's he's absolutely he's very millhouse wow. and nothing has come out millhouse in a long time.
0: No. The, yeah. the the joy in your life is when
1: you have a flooded house but you happen
0: to be wearing the right pants for it. That's the nicest thing that's yeah. ever happened to you. <laughs> Look okay, so all now right. now we got to go back in time again. This is the same formula as Sour Girl. This is Other yeah. Side by Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's it's again this thing of music industry being like, all right, we understand you can't party the same way. You have to you have to slow down a bit. We'll book you less shows since you're tempted by the White Horse. Uh, but mm. uh, try to make some creativity out of it, and that's what Red Hot Chili Peppers do. They have a song which is probably about heroin, probably about heroin addiction. Uh, it's yeah, like probably. emotional, but it's definitely. Former party dude who's gone full-on introspective, and here's the results.
1: Yeah. I still, I mean, I said I said this with the last one, and there, there's something about Freshanti's guitar work that you just... You love that guitar plan. It just gets me. I really <laughs> love I really love it. Like, it's just smooth and cool. And, but all I have to say
0: is that if anybody listening loves the bridge part of the song, then check out the band Gang of Four immediately and realize what you've been missing. Okay. Because, yeah, Red Hot Chili Peppers, they had great music taste they're like a gateway band but mm. this it's strange how yeah. like again i'm 35 more or less anthony kiedis at the time was probably like 29
1: or 30 and he
0: seems 15 he, years older yeah. than how i feel
1: it's a weird thing well he he had done a lot of heroin i yeah. feel like that ages you pretty yeah. quick yeah. yeah yeah you get a lot more rock bottoms that'll <laughs> that will knock out y- some you feel the i mean you'd hope you, wisdom, you feel but.
0: the world kind of starting to shed these people though from the mainstream though mm. right
1: it's almost like you can hi- hear
0: how they're kind of getting yeah, up p- a little bit party guys yeah.
1: anymore yeah it's uh it's it's a, a it feels like a, the beginning of a decade of submission yeah.
0: and i'm not by any means i'm yeah. not saying that this next band has to be the alternative to that um but if uh yeah if we want a young bratty fun feeling then like you know this compilation's yeah. got you covered
1: guys spend 15.99 for a new copy today so, so the next song is Makes No Difference by Sum 41. And I have to say, I want to hate this song. For sure. But af- after the sad boy parade, this, I needed this. Like, it was an injection of energy and joy and s- just stupid kids having yeah. fun that I was like, you know what? This is, and this is, this is a, an absolute lesson in the importance of ordering your tracks. Because if this was maybe earlier on in the album, I would have been like, man, fuck this song. But because I was so starved for any joy, at this point, I was like, I love it. I absolutely love it. This is a perfectly good band for 12-year-olds to like. Not <laughs> for... Yeah, absolutely. I would never listen to this again. But I'm saying like, I needed it when it came. <laughs> Anyways, but let's not let that kind of rambunctious joy continue. Let's get a little bit down in the dumps again, folks. It's the only happy moment in oh. this whole goddamn album. Change in the House of Flies, Deftones. I used to love this song, and now it's fine. Now it's fine. They have a certain amount of
0: artiness, I think, that was different. Maybe because they're Chicano, maybe because they're not white dudes, that there's something about the anger that feels a little bit arty. The song actually has its own vibe that the comp ruins because they edit out a minute and 20 seconds of the actual
1: song but uh something's setting in here i don't uh song just kind of makes me feel bad yeah it feels like I, there was there was a line that popped out to me that i i don't i don't remember noticing when i was a teenager because i really liked the deftones like this album white pony i loved i listened to it a lot there's there's this line in it that that didn't occur to me until i, I don't think i would never noticed it and it's something about like i watched you fly and so i pulled mm-hmm. off your wings and and i was like oh so this is this is sad boy keeps friends sad
0: yeah like i i knew some cool people who were into deftones i i feel like i didn't hate them at the time and listening now i just hear it as like you know the same way you've talked about
1: uh you just want billy corkin to be happy i'm like i hope this guy yeah. hope this guy got okay later on yeah. i think he did probably did yeah i think he kind of, i mean after this they made what was it team sleep yeah. Which was also very yeah. sad. Uh he didn't it, it wasn't his swan moment, you know? It didn't uh it didn't suddenly buck up with joy. But yeah, ah. I hope I hope you're okay, man. Hitting the home stretch now. Mm. Um, which oh my man. god,
0: okay, this this next song, uh I don't want to take the honor way of uh introducing it. We should almost do it at the same time just because it's uh <laughs> I, I feel like we're gonna share a lot of opinions here, but this song is called Stupefy by another emotion, which is Disturbed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. This song out Limp Bizkit's Limp Bizkit, actually. (laughs)
1: Holy shit. This song has made me laugh so much in the last week, you have no idea. (laughs) If you you had given that exact review word for word in 2000, they would have put it on the poster because that would have been a compliment. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God.
0: Man, this song is so funny for...
1: It's, it's the so best silly. kind of funny
0: in a way because it doesn't realize how funny it is. Straight up, straight up. Oh my nonsense. god, I I I feel <laughs> like the singer um, of this song had a failed career as a magician for ten years and then joined this band. <laughs> and it's
1: is that why he keeps going? Ah, that's him showing the yeah. Like, the his trick his moves. Ah! He's still got his moves that he can't shed. You know, <laughs> that bit when he's when he's trying to like unify the world. He's <laughs> like. To all my people on the left wing. Ah! To all my people on the right wing. Ah! All my people in the barrio. Ah! (laughs) The barrio. To all the people in the projects. Ah! (laughs) One thing that I I have to give to Disturbed is this music was perfect for headbanging in your friend's car (laughs) when you drove around the suburbs with no destination. Perfect. Perfect. How <laughs> about get to superfy? Was, <laughs> and that like the choppy guitars and drums that they have sort of over the chorus that yeah. define that defines an era that is absolutely what was going on. They were like dead on trend for that, but it's just like nonsense oh but it's but, just but the very the silly thing. yeah. It feels it feels wrong to be able to describe music like this as silly, but it's yeah. silly. It's silly. Well just this is silly. the thing, yeah. Like this gets
0: characterized as new metal,
1: but Limp Bizkit makes me feel bad. This actually makes me laugh. Yeah. Now but like, we're laughing at them though. We're not laughing with them. This is not the Bloodhound gang. It's this true. Is, yeah. This is like this is the comedians making fun of Matt Good because he takes himself <laughs> too seriously. This is you can mock disturbed for the rest of your life because they don't know how ridiculous they are in their earnestness there's something more theatrical about it that is i think it is
0: saving grace 20 years later which is that i can listen to the song and not want to die but actually just like i i I, am i i don't know if there's other disturbed songs i hope there are because i can't deal with any more of this slim biscuit garbage man
1: yeah no it's just um oh that's (laughs) depressing i just just got an alert on my phone of a comedy show that i was supposed to do today before the uh, pandemic came down uh so that's uh you begin um, to stupefy In yeah i feel stupefied i just want to hang out in the barrios (laughs) uh yeah i don't know it's 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 nice it is kind of refreshing just to see something that that's so goddamn silly and is it doesn't mean to be not like some 41 is silly on the face but this is fucking hilarious if
0: you just invested in a couple ear piercings um Uh, interesting necklaces, and uh, maybe like a little bit... Yeah, you would look like the singer from Disturbed right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry to say.
0: Oh, that hurts. That hurts a lot. That hurts a lot. You still need a few more things in order to become that kind of person. Maybe we all have a
1: bit of David Jermaine in us. Yes. Well, I I mean, when I was at the age when when I was listening to this, I very nearly got an eyebrow piercing, so... (laughs) What, f- what would
0: have your life been like after that? Would have you gone to comedy after that? It, it
1: wasn't going to be a ring either. It was going to be one of those like spike ones with the oh, coming out wow. on all sides. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Wow. No, I was a real, I was a real waste of space. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's let's get out. We got three songs left. This next one, I don't understand why this is on here. Um, I don't remember it. I've I've I feel like I've never heard of this guy, but it's called "More" by yeah. Jay Englishman, and yeah. It's uh, uh, straight up terrible. I, I logged this under Calgary Stampede Rock. So, yeah, we were talking about the music video. I
0: still don't really understand what's going on. It's some kind of commentary about how women are commodified, but then it also commodifies women within it unironically.
1: Yeah, 100%. He absolutely <laughs> does the thing he's accusing people of doing. It's just such
0: it's... a bad song. And like the video
1: is trying to make the song seem more futuristic than it is, which really pisses me off there's one there's one great moment in it where um i don't know if you noticed but when he sits down when he, they, they've got him sitting at the computer he's got a guitar in his lap and that's because no one knows who he is so they have to make it clear that he's part of the band he's not playing it he's he's just shopping on the internet but he's just got his guitar in his lap because the director's like no one's ever fucking heard of you so let's just make this real clear like,
0: like oh <laughs> so, let's make this clear that you're the musician
1: yeah 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 oh just, my god not just, like some actor that's in it that yeah. is so it's, true that's very depressing so funny there's there's one there's one moment that I want to talk about in the um, in the, the 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 at the end of the song where he says, "Give me passion, give me reason, yeah. give me something to believe in." That is again, that's the same sad boy character that's all throughout. Yeah, and he is in in no way taking responsibility for his lack of any of these things. He's <laughs> demanding that someone take it. It's like he's never like, "Why? I'll be more curious." <laughs> he's just like, "Give me, pa- give me passion." Yeah. Give, me, give me something to believe in. Go find something to believe in, you fucking baby. You're clearly 32. I want to be fair now because I had a half a thought after what I just said. Yeah. And it might be that he's saying, give me passion, give me feeling, give me something to believe in. To the, like, advertisers that he's supposedly shitting on. So it might, it might be a comment on that. And he might not actually be asking for it. I don't so, know if he has um, make, that depth, man. I don't know. Make up your own decisions, <laughs> listeners. But I, wa- I want to give him a fair shake. I don't want to be unfair to him because that, that could be it. So, uh... Oh good Ooh. Lord. <laughs> so I don't I don't have I don't have a lot of thoughts on this song, so I'll I'll get mine out of the way. Please. And then you and then you go get it. So this this next song is Only God Knows Why by Kid Rock. The first thing that stood out to me about this yeah. was that it's auto tuned. That made me laugh so hard. It's the voice
0: of angels singing, isn't it?
1: <laughs> it cracked me up that it was auto tuned. I completely forgot about that. It's like pre T pain, just straight up un, un like Yeah. Abashed, yeah, auto tune, clearly <laughs> auto tune. Um, and then the whole song is basically him complaining about how fame is making his life <laughs> yes. hard. You've been famous for a year, <laughs> you don't know anything, <laughs> you should still be riding high. This is the most pathetic <laughs> nonsense, maybe of the album con- con- conceptually. Yeah, I'm not saying it's the worst song of the album because that's more by Jay Englishman. But conceptually, it's the most pathetic. (laughs) And it's on the same album as Ba With the Ba, too. Like, this is from the
0: previous year. I I learned that the song was first written um, after he was in jail from a bar fight he had celebrating his signing to Atlantic Records in 1997.
1: (laughs) This one, I subtitled this one, Sad Boy Makes It Big. (laughs) He He got everything he ever wanted but only God knows why I'm still so fucking sad about it. Yeah. Where's my mommy? This is
0: just. <laughs> uh, to me, the cherry on top of this song is the yeah. brief shout out to take me to the river. I don't know if you oh, caught that at that. the end. Yeah. No. Like the, it's like they needed another minute to just fill in the song. And so he just starts ad libbing, take me to the river, which
1: is. Oh, God. I don't even remember that. It's uh, uh you know, it's, you know, what's might be most depressing about kid rock is that it's not even fun. <laughs> because he's so ridiculous that it should be fun. It should be a big <laughs> yes. silly character that we look at like Boss Hog from Dukes of Hazard, like it's so stupid what he is that it should be a good time. And it's not it bums me out. He really bums me out. Yeah. I get no I get no joy out of it. I him. don't think he's trying to bum you out either. That's the other thing. I think he legitimately thinks that because he's so stoked about himself that you will be too. <laughs> Yeah, and it's not, I get no, yeah, I get nothing out of that. Like, I want, I want the feeling that I get from Disturbed when I listen to Kid Rock. <laughs> yes. I want to be able to enjoy how silly it is, and I had a moment of that when I realized it was auto-tuned. That was yep. pretty fun. And I think it was an in- unintentional. Yeah, I think so, too. But it was, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's such a bummer that it's such a ridiculous thing. I can't, I can't find any silliness in it. It's just too, it's too sad. <laughs> Speaking of too sad, the last song on the album. <laughs> Called? breathe not Nickelback.
0: not to be confused with
1: this is not a cover of
0: moist breathe or the faith hills <laughs> Breathe
1: or the prodigy
0: even yeah
1: wouldn't that be great if this was nickelback doing the prodigy breathe i would
0: love that but this sounds like bush x weirdly this sounds like this yeah. is this is before yeah. they
1: got big this is right before this is from the album before yeah. how you remind me this is and this this album had um, the 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 thing that the Sum Forty One album has where it has two covers. They had the first one, which was like a moody picture of them in black and white. And yeah, and they got big, and they did a reissue, and then it was like a, a stylized picture of like a, a sad kid. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> so so, but it was it clearly went from self release to big release.
0: That that image of the sad kid could honestly have been the cover of this compilation album. So in a weird way yes it's
1: kind of fitting that this is the last song i remember i saw them at the calgary stampede which is where you see bands like this (laughs) and i remember i saw them i I, stop me if i told the story already on the podcast but i saw them twice at at stampede and the first time was right around this era okay um so they were starting to get some notoriety so the field was full and i think they're from alberta like originally as a band if not born yeah. And um, they had, like, friends. Like, it felt like a reunion, that show. It was actually one yeah. of the most fun shows I've been to because it really felt like a homecoming where they seemed to know everybody. Everyone knew all their songs. It was a really positive, fun vibe. And I remember they just walked up. They did the show. One guy from the crowd, they were like, D- do you have any requests? And one guy yelled out, super bomb. Which is I don't think it's on any of their albums. Yeah, because they were like, Jesus, we haven't played that in years. And they came out and they sang, and everyone sang along to it. And it was like this weird rap rock thing. It was a terrible song, but it was cool that the fans knew it. So it was a nice vibe. And then at the end, he said, "Thanks, we've been Nickelback. If you want to hang out, we're going to be at that bar over there. You can buy us beers." So like that's kind of the
0: how they probably cut their teeth a little bit, just as like these are the drinking boys band, or like this is like
1: this kind of Canadian everyman. Every man is exactly the word yeah. for, for Nickelback. Yeah. But then I saw them again, I think two or three years later, probably two years later. Okay. And it was just when they made it fucking huge. Like they clearly had booked the show before they broke. Right. Because it was on the same little stage. And then this time, security team walks them in. They play the show. It's much of a more like professional show. And then security team walks them out and they're gone. Yeah. And it was like, it was a completely different experience. It was interesting to see a band go from sort of like, just like Canadian guys that people enjoy to we're a world famous band now, don't look at us. And, and
0: that's the thing, right? Uh, we're world famous. Um yeah. and, and I think that I, I was thinking about this um a couple times, but I, I don't think the thought crystallized as much as you bringing this up now, which is that um so when the Beatles got big in America, like Beatlemania mm. came right at the tail end of um like I'm I'm pretty sure they appeared on Ed Sullivan within a month or two of the JFK assassination. Right. So like the whole phenomenon of just like people losing their shit and Mm. um, this, the kind of insanity of Beatlemania, like it it is sort of a strange phenomenon. Like why were people just so uh, screaming at the top of their lungs? Like, yes, they're teenagers. Teenagers are excitable. But I think the, the infectiousness of Beatlemania throughout all of culture really has to do with the, kind of sheer joy that that music must have felt like having yeah. your president's brains blown out all over a Cadillac in public is a pretty, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you're going to want something to make you feel better. Right. So yeah. what, what I actually find interesting, cause I don't understand how this band got so big. Um, mm. So this is my theory, how you remind me their mm. gold single came out August 21st, 2001. Within a month, September eleventh that already happened, Chad Kroger yeah. looks like Jesus. <laughs> I think it's as simple as that, man. I and the first line that was introduced to the world was never made it as a wise man. Like I think yeah. I think somehow people latched on to the everyman quality that Jesus could be in all of us because look at all the heroes that come to save the day when our nation's under attack. There's some kind of mm. basic philosophy of just like most men are good dudes and
1: will help you out from the rubble or something. I don't know. Yeah. And like America, America likes to think of itself as a blue collar country anyway. Yes. And even more so during times of, um, uh, uh, catastrophe. Yeah. That's when it's suddenly like cops, firemen, plumbers. Yeah. Farmers. Yeah. Um, and so like, it's a, I, I think that there's definitely something to, I, I don't know how much the Jesus thing, but like, but the idea that this every man band was out yeah. and making, really accessible sort of like rock ballads. Mm-hmm. And um, and also, it was right after that, it was he- they did Hero for the Spider-Man movie. Right. Which, which came out yep. right after 9-11 because they had to change the Twin oh Towers scene because they had to remove it. Right. And so that that's what I thought you were going to say is that Hero came out afterwards and they say that a hero can save us. Yeah. I think, I think that that was definitely part of it. And like the whole the rousing nature of the song and then it was tied in with spider-man and i think that they use that scene that that i hate it's one of the scenes that i've been angriest at in all cinema <sighs> um is the end of the, the new ending of spider-man the first spider-man movie because i was, i'd waited my whole life for a spider-man movie and then they changed the ending to make it like you mess with spider-man you mess with new york and then like <laughs> the new yorkers beat the green goblin and i was like there's there's no goddamn way this was the end of the movie before 9-11 no movie was supposed to end did you ever find out i don't know if i know no I have, i've never found out i've never even heard anyone bring it up but it just seems so obvious to me that there's no goddamn way that's how it ended the the,
0: the actual so. ending of um the original spider-man is they evacuate a section of new york and he lures the green goblin into the twin towers and then spider-man <laughs> uh, he ejects out of a plane uh, right as it hits the empty twin towers that the goblin's in because he knows that jet fuel can melt steel beams.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was weirdly prescient. That's why we've never heard about it. <laughs> it too, too, too. The FBI's got that script. <laughs> um, so,
0: so, yeah, we made it to the end of Big Shiny Tunes 5. It's not a marathon where you feel uh, good at the end of it. Um, <laughs> that's for sure. No, it's not. I'm learning a lot. I don't know if you're learning a lot. I'm I, learning a lot. I'm learning a lot about just um, what it means to be a person with good taste. <laughs> so what do we
1: got uh next week that you're excited to uh talk about here's something that i know that we're getting into weird territory with this because this is the first big shiny tunes number six without its own dedicated wikipedia page yep (laughs) that's how we know that this is really starting to fall off because (laughs) people don't even care to catalog it anymore yeah so all the rest of them had like sort of a history and it broke it all down not this one so we're, we're really getting into the, the low oh god okay the idea of having tantric three doors down and puddle of mud on the same album is so ridiculous that's a to tough road to haul man what a way oh and default they're the same band but
0: at least it ends on a high note <laughs> oh my god <laughs> ending with tea party walking wounded
1: oh dagger in my heart all right Okay, so that's that's a wrap on Big Shiny Tunes 5. Yeah, that's, uh, a ra-
0: that's a wrap over some heavy guitars and a backwards baseball cap.
1: <laughs> sad boy. Sad, sad boy. If you want to help us, please, please join our Patreon. Yeah, we love it. It's only a few dollars a month, uh, and the money will go into uh, maybe hiring an editor so that Jordan doesn't have to keep doing this every week for hours on end. Or... Barring that, at least uh, enough money so I can get
0: Adderall on the dark web.
1: Well, thank you, as always, for listening. We'll be back next week with Big Shiny Tune 6.
0: Indeed. So thanks for having met up with us in the year 2000. Let's let this mashup I did of Pulp and Disturbed stupefy you into oblivion. <laughs> and with that,
1: we're out. Yeah, bringing you another disturbing creation from the mind of one sick animal can't tell the difference and I've been waiting my whole life on just one. Ah, and all I need was just one. And ah, can you say that you don't give up? Ah, I'm myself, stupid, fine, I'm in back again. All I want was just one. Ah, one tiny little ah, and it's innocent. i Even gonna figure like a shit i of them. i myself, stupid, fine, I'm in back again. Why? Do you like hanging around with my Never Scope on Reality? I can feel it all start sipping. I think I'm breaking down. Why? Do you like again around with my Never Scope on Reality? I can feel it all start sipping away. Think. you can I'm just you say. I no. don't get it. Don't you think maybe we can put it on credit? Don't you think you can take into jump and not it? i can stupid boy. i can just stupid boy.
0: People in the left wing, ah, another people in the right wing, ah, another people in the underground. ah, am myself, stupid, fighting them back again. All the people in the high rise, ah, another people in the project, projects, another empty in the barrio. I find myself stupid, fighting them back again. Why do you like playing
1: around with my telescope of reality? I can feel it all start slipping. I think I'm breaking down. Why do you like playing around with my telescope of reality?
0: I can feel it all start slipping away. Look in my face to my muscle. Look in my face to but I don't get it. Don't you think maybe we can put it on credit? Don't you think you can take it to another minute? I can still provide it. It's all the same as a living, but I don't get it.
1: Don't you think maybe we can put it on credit? Don't you think you can take it to another it. I can still provide. I can still Look in my face to win muscle. I'm making a superfine. <laughs> Look in my face.